Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. I see a lot of people are very upset about the Team Canada list for the World Juniors. That's the way they were doing it 20 years ago, and I think that's the way they're still doing it. Connor Bedard struggling statistically, if he is struggling, that didn't matter to Hockey Canada. And we, 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 we knew this. We said this a few weeks ago. Hockey Canada can see how good the kid is. It's not about it's not about numbers. Why do we get sucked into this every year at this time? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome, everybody, inside Hour 2 of the RP Show, coming to you on the Game Plus Television Network and live streaming on YouTube. If you are watching and not listening on live to our 24-hour radio feed, that was a shot of uh, Trinity Western University campus, and that's where Darren is for three days this week, talking Spartan athletics and everything West Coast as I continue to broadcast from the East Coast, where tonight it is game night. Florida Panthers home to the Buffalo Sabres. Big sports weekend out here. Big sports weekend all over the continent. And we're going to talk about it here in Hour 2 with a special guest that's in the bunker in a minute. I just want to tell you that Hour 2 is brought to you by Great Western's Original 16 Beer. Original 16 Beers are found across Western Canada. And if you're lucky, there might even be one in your fridge. We also want to welcome another new partner to the RP show. It is WorkSafe Saskatchewan. Not every slip trip or fall at work is going to leave you with a lasting injury but it only takes one slips trips and falls can have a lifetime impact take safer steps with work safe as i mentioned in the bunker right now is our good and longtime friend jamie nugelbauer and i said we guys we got to get newsy in because this guy can talk about literally everything he's going to join us to talk about nhl you can talk cfl you can talk u sports football Obviously, junior hockey, you've got your take on Connor Bedard. You cover the Moose Jaw Warriors for devnetwork.ca. And uh, yeah, did I mention that you can talk CFL, too, on a big uh, weekend upcoming? So I appreciate that. Nuxie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Rod? Looks, I got I to say, before you answer that question, Rod, it is always so warm in this bunker. I dressed properly this time, but I wanted to match the uh, temperature with where you are. So, uh, you know, I'm happy we're equal on the uh, on the temperature footing. How, how are you doing right now, Rod? Oh, really good. I appreciate that, by the way. And I remember Bill Chow, the president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, coming in a couple of years ago when they had the showcase. It was like minus 47 Celsius outside and plus 47 Celsius inside. I thought he was going to die. <laughs> Because he's wearing a thick, thick sweater. 
you know, so yeah, you're smart, Nugsy. You're a smart guy. Listen, before we get into the hockey talk, and I want to welcome in all the viewers too. We have got an avalanche of comments that have mm. come in from our viewers via text on the 902 line, the YouTube feed, you name it, Twitter as well. On the number one topic that just was dropped in our lap overnight, it's the first Major League Baseball work stoppage in a quarter century. Mm. MLB's collective bargaining agreement expired last night and owners immediately locked out players in a move that threatens spring training and opening day. Commissioner Rob Manfred wrote a letter to fans. It's on the MLB's website expressing hope that the lockout will jumpstart labor negotiations. And it's brought about our poll question. Do you believe the 2022 Major League Baseball season will start on time? Our poll question is brought to you by Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. And the last I looked on Twitter and YouTube, the results were like 50-50. I'm voting yes. Nugsy, you took in some Blue Jays games, did you not, in the fall when you went back home? Yeah, I got. I went to. Uh, I went to one, which was which was great. Uh, and, and yeah, to to the poll question, I think it'll be on time. The owners have said specifically that they're doing it now because they don't want to work stoppage. Uh, the players are saying this is just a tactic, and you know better than me, Rod. You you've been around CBE negotiations. These are everything in the media is a tactic. This is a tactic. Um, I think I think there's plenty of time still for them to to hammer this out. It's just a negotiation tactic. We'll be fine. Yeah, I certainly hope so. But I mean, I also wonder, I think baseball is playing a bit of a dangerous game. And I think the CFL is victim a little bit of this. They didn't have a work stoppage, but they did miss a year. And it's awfully difficult to come back from. And and, and while we don't think Major League Baseball is going to miss any games because nobody gets paid when they're not playing. We saw that. I just, I think, do you, do you think they run a risk of the tune-out factor, because you're not old enough, Nugsy, but in 94, the last time there was a work stoppage, you've heard the stories. You're a big enough baseball fan to remember the Expos. Everybody felt we're going to win the World Series, and then there's a, a the lockout, the player walkout, mm-hmm. and a lot of people never came back to baseball after that. Are they flirting with that here, this, this whole millionaires fighting over money thing? Because I, like I had probably talked about it more already today than I already want to. Yeah, I mean... Uh, all the rage uh, up here in Regina, as you know, is to talk about how there's nobody attending Ryder games compared to the past, right? And maybe there's something to do with the vaccine, but maybe, you know, Ryder Nation, maybe the CFL in general lost a lot of fans by missing that season and, and playing with, you know, work stoppage during a pandemic, during this time when there are so many other options for entertainment, as you know, we talk, everybody's talked about till they're blue in the face. So obviously, it's obviously it's dangerous, <laughs> uh, and absolutely, baseball will lose fans and lose attendance, and it'll be monetarily extremely damaging for a sport that, like I think, is still is struggling to stay relevant. Um, you know, in North America, like baseball is, even though there's you know a huge diehard fan base. But you talk a couple of years ago, even people were saying all oh, the writers are untouchable. You know, they're they're gonna stay thirty grand. Uh, you know, fans in the in the stadium every night. Um, but you know, it hasn't been the case this year. So you know, you're playing a dangerous game. I agree with you completely, Rod. Well, it, it is a fascinating, yeah, fascinating discussion because mm-hmm. I I see the social media what people are saying about the attendance at CFL games and some have said hey they were selling out every game until they brought in the vaccine passport mm-hmm. and I'm thinking well maybe people just missed going to games yeah. for you know and, and then that was the bump for a month who knows I guess we'll find out 
I thank everybody who's writing in on the text line at 902, entering our Tough Tribe contest. Mike Ramage from uh, the Provincial Baseball Governing Body. Chris, Cinny, Jim, Kyle, Randy, everybody entering our contest for our brand new sponsor, Tough Tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, on the wards watching on Game Plus Television in Manitoba, he says, good day, gang, going on 30,000 tickets sold in Bomberland. We beat the Riders on and off the field. Go blue. <laughs> Signed Ward in Bomberland. But I didn't bring you in to talk football. We'll probably come around on that. And Moose will be with us a little later on from Langley to put a wrap on that. Um, NHL. I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs ranked as my fourth team in my NHL top five, Nugsy. And that, that's why I wanted to bring you in. We're mm-hmm. airing on a Toronto television station, Game Plus, originating out of Toronto. That's your hometown. That's your team. Winners of 15 of the last seven. They 17. They just smashed Colorado last night. Yep. How big of a believer are you right now? What did you say in your column that runs at rodpeterson.com? The haters are awfully quiet right now. Yeah, they're awfully quiet. Before I answer your question, I just want to tell a quick story, if that's okay with you, Rod. Last night, sure. Colorado, Colorado Avalanche come into town. Obviously, the story, Darcy Kemper with the injury, right, before uh, before the game, and they call up an e-bug. And who's the e-bug? It's a good, good friend of mine, Jet Alexander, out of the University of Come Toronto. A, uh, he was the uh, CJHL Goalie of the Year in Junior A in 18-19, and uh, just an unbelievable young man, World Junior A Challenge with Canada. So cool for him. I asked him how it was. He said, you know, it probably would have been better if we didn't get pumped 8-3, but uh, they were said that they were really nice. Uh, Landis Gaw gave him a stick, and McKinnon gave him some taps and all that, but anyways, to your, to your original question, yeah, as I said on my column, you can catch it on uh, rodpeterson.com every week, and uh, Rod, again, really appreciate you having me on every week. Uh, the news around the rinks, the haters are, are very quiet, and I think people love to bash the Leafs, but uh, what can you say right now, Rod? Like, what can anybody possibly say? That being said, you know, I came into this bunker a couple of years ago, uh, and you asked me, you know, are they for real? Are they going to win the cup? I still, I still don't think they have the it factor. They've been running regular seasons for the last couple of years, but you know, obviously, it's fun to hear the haters uh, hear the haters be a little quieter for sure. Well, you know, you don't need to wrap your thoughts up on that. I mean, I yeah. you're a Leaf fan, but I always yeah. say you're from Toronto. Mm-hmm. You have to be like I'm in the middle. I don't have it in front of me, but I have Sean Thornton's book. I was reading it this morning. Mm-hmm. It's on coffee table over here. Nice. And he talked about how he grew up in Oshawa, mm-hmm. which and you grew up in what Scarborough, Vaughn. What's I grew up your in Vaughan, official yeah. hometown? Vaughn. Yeah. And he just said, listen, he goes growing up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice but to cheer for the Leafs. You hate the Habs and you hate the Bruins mm-hmm. in those classic rivalries. Right. Thornton's book is amazing. Like really good. We got to bring him on again to talk about it, fighting my way to the top. Um, But I guess that's my point. You have to cheer for them. Chris Bird from King City, Ontario, watching. He says, haters hate the Leafs because they are Canada's team. Hashtag. How about that? (laughs) How about that? No, we I can speak for all Canadians Mm -hmm. that don't like the Leafs in that we're tired of the hapless Leafs and the 1967 Hashtag. Let's ha- if we want to hashtag something, let's hashtag that. 1967, and we sit and frankly laugh at all the ballyhoo and the hype on Hockey Night in Canada and TSN Sports Center and Sportsnet Connected, Newsy, mm-hmm. because go win something. Yeah. Go win well, something. It, right? like, or at least and, the playoff and the short series. Memories that, 
the short right <laughs> doesn't even have to be the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, do you guys flush your memory? Do you Leafs fans go through shock therapy or something in the summertime and you forgot <laughs> about the Game Seven implosion against Montreal last year? Like, how do you guys forget that? Oh, we're we hey we're a wounded fan base. I mean, uh, where where do you think the deep uh, passion that Steve Dangle has really comes from, and now you you and him are our buddies to some degree. You know, it's from it's from that deep wounding. Um, I was there actually. I, you know, I go back to 2012. Even I was at uh, the Maple Leaf Square uh, when the Leafs imploded against the Boston Bruins in that uh, Game Seven. And uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned there. You know, there are two types of people in Toronto, right? There are people who love the Leafs and people who hate the Leafs, despite everybody around them. Like my brother, for example, was an Ottawa Senators fan, mostly because he wanted to be different from everybody else, and he had Sens stuff. He wore Sens hats, and they were, you know, he would leave them around. People would throw them in the garbage can in high school, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it obviously. I've said to you many times too, and we've you know broken bread that. Uh, Toronto isn't a great sports town. Junior hockey is not viable there. Minor hockey, only, you know, it doesn't really get a ton of uh, a ton of viewers. Even though obviously it's great, so many great players in the NHL uh, over the last number of years from the Toronto area. Don't have to list them all out, but it's obviously the Leafs are a religion there, um, and, and uh, the big fans are at the bars and the pubs and whatever. People trying to afford tickets. Um, but, yeah, to, to your point, uh, you, you, you kind of have to be or you absolutely loathe them. Those are, those are kind of the two options. But, uh, yeah, every year it's, it's the same thing, right? But, you know, the, to, 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 that, to, you know to go along with that, um, you know, the team is really well covered. So people pay uh, attention and know whether the team is good or, or not, too. There is, you know, the, a hardcore you know, core of people that are realistic and realize, you know, what players there are. And, and this is a very, very talented hockey team as much as people, you know, love to hate them. And the, the last thing I'll say about it, Rod, is I'm very, very happy that Mitch Marner has really figured it out because the hate that he was getting at the start of the year was ridiculous. And I really hope that he's on Hockey Canada's radar for the Olympics. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, he needs to figure it out come playoff time because yeah. I still don't think he's got a career playoff goal. I could look it up. No. By the way, sprinkling in our viewer comments, and thank you, Nugsy, for bringing it today, which I knew that you would. Um, from BW watching on YouTube says, it's called the Toronto Sports Network. <laughs> if The Rock was still in downtown Toronto, they would be shouting from the top of the CN Tower. Toronto Sports wow. Network. And that part is true, yeah. What you co you cover? I mean, hey, we're people who are in sports media. Believe it or not, for the people out there, they're human beings. They have to live somewhere. Where do you live? They all live in Toronto. All those networks you've been there, Rod, to those studios, Sportsnet. You know, right on Bloor. Uh, you know, it's TSN right in Scarborough. So they're, they're right there in Toronto. So that's where the local news is. That's where the passion is. And sorry, Canada, but there's six million, seven million people in the greater Toronto area. Like, I'm bad at math, but that's a big percentage of our country. So, you know, they, what I would say is they're covering what people care about. If they didn't care about them, they wouldn't get ratings and they wouldn't keep covering it. And, you know, the hatred that Toronto brings, the more you mention it on social media, the more you comment your anger and your hatred about this topic, uh, you know, the, the more it means you're paying attention. So the more that you're getting clicks and, you know, the more advertising dollars. Uh, so it's it works both ways, right, Rod? Like people love the Leafs and so they tune in or people hate the Leafs and they want to, 
you know, tune in and, and, and hear them be bashed or whatever it is. So they're, they're at the center. And, um, but as I said, it, it's kind of, it's just indicative of our country in, in a lot of ways. They're not Canada's team, even though there was a song with an advertisement a couple of years ago. I don't know if you heard the song or odd where it was like, you know, this is Canada's team. Go at least go. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Right. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, they have the leaf, the, the maple leaf on the crest. That's the middle of our country. Um, but, uh, you know, as you said, to your point, they need to, to prove it as a hockey team. Um, but, uh, you know, they've also run lots of regular seasons. So I'm not getting my hopes up too high, Rod. Look, look, I don't like or dislike the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I just don't understand the yeah. fixation with the Toronto Maple Leafs for a team that's largely been hapless for a very long mm-hmm. time. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Now, to some of our viewers here, uh, we've passed 111 Eastern. Uh, Randolph Zora, one of our viewers, wrote in and said, uh, Rod, what does 1111 mean? I said, Google it or, or look it up because mm-hmm. we uh, refer to it every day. He has written back and said, I looked it up, made for an interesting read. And uh, BW watching on YouTube says, it's 1111 here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. So he's checking in on that. Um James Zylstra in Manitoba says, just bring a Canadian city, a Stanley Cup. I'm mm-hmm. sick of the U.S. teams winning all the time, my Lord Stanley. Well, that's not the Tampa Bay Lightning's fault, or that's not the Detroit Red Wings' fault. Like, don't be mad at the U.S. teams. Mm. Um, these, a lot of ways, these Canadian teams can't get out of their own way. And, and Nugsy, whoa, holy smokes, is this going fast? We got a break. <laughs> we got a break. We'll come back, and I want to get your thoughts on the CFL Division Finals. Uh, I did go back and read the Toronto Star article today, the one from earlier in the week from Damian Cox, who says this could be the last Toronto Argonauts game ever this Sunday, the Eastern Final. And I just wonder, how have they not taken this guy's laptop away? (laughs) I hope that they don't even allow him into the state. Is he even going to go Sunday? And people get mad at what I say about the CFL. That's stupid. It's dumb. That's beyond (laughs) fake news. That's just ridiculous. That's cancerous. Yeah. Anyways, we'll be back in a moment. Nugsy, loving having you in, by the way. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Applewood Motors, beautiful car dealership in Langley, B.C. We're going to be going back out there. That's where the Moose is, big partners of Trinity Western Spartan Athletics. We've got uh, coming up the head coach of the Vancouver Giants uh, Western Hockey League team, Michael Dick, Regina Pats alum, longtime friend of uh, yours truly. Looking forward to chatting with Mike, and thanks to the Giants for tweeting that out. That's the one thing as we bring in Nugsy, the voice of the Notre Dame Hounds. And the Moose Jaw Warriors beat writer at dubnetwork.ca. The one thing we do here, Nugsy, and you've been watching this show long enough, is that we, are, we don't try to be the anti-TSN per se, because it's not like we're adversaries of TSN, but we talk about all the leagues that the TSN does not. Uh, but speaking of TSN, Nugsy, you must have seen today 
the news that veteran sports broadcaster Brian Williams announced his retirement this morning, ending a five-decade career that saw him rise to prominence as one of Canada's leading authorities on the Olympic Games. Williams covered his first Olympics in 1976 in Montreal and was the principal studio anchor for 13 games with both CBC and CTV and also a longtime host of the CFL coverage on CBC and later TSN. Kudos to Brian Williams on a long career. I'm going to ask you if you have a Brian Williams story, but I'm going to go first with mine. I've got a couple. I've been around Brian Williams for years and years and years. I'm not going to say he's as classy as as he as he appears on TV, he's more classy in person. Brian Williams is as polished as they come. And I've been around broadcasters, obviously, my whole life. But two things come to mind. One, Ducks Unlimited banquet several years ago. I was the MC. Brian Williams was the guest speaker. He was like coming unglued. It was at the Delta Hotel. And the night was dragging on and on and on. You know how these things go, right, Nugsy? And he's mm-hmm. like, Rod, Rod, you got to get me on stage. Rod, you got to get me on stage. And I'm like, Brian, I don't know what you want me to do. I know that I'm the MC, but I can't hurry up what they're doing out there. This is a major fundraiser out there. It's like 1030. He's like, Rod, 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 you got to get me on stage. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Brian. Of course, by the time he got on, he absolutely crushed it. And he was amazing, but he was hyper nervous about this well what he was worried about was everybody was going to be too smashed and in the bag (laughs) and not able to enjoy his speech Mm. uh which he got up he crushed it everybody enjoyed it obvious and another one was this just come came to mind don't think less of me okay but he left his briefcase in the rough riders pr guy's office he came in to do his do a rider game it was the day before the game and one of the rider players who will remain nameless came into the PR guy's office, saw the briefcase with the name tag, Brian Williams, TSN, on the name tag, and he goes, watch this, watch this. The Rough Rider took his pants off, took off his underwear, and stuffed it in Brian's briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Put his pants back. We laughed about that for years, Mm -hmm. never mentioned it to Brian again, but we've often wondered what he thought when he got back to his hotel room and opened up his briefcase, and there was a pair of... Extra large men's underwear in his briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fun and frivolity of being around sports teams. Do you have a Brian Williams story? Yeah, he he came and spoke in 2012. I did the sports journalism program at Centennial College with uh, with Malcolm Kelly there in Toronto, and uh, he came and spoke. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've talked to you this about this a couple times, Rod, when we can break bread. Uh, the thing that I respect the most about any broadcaster isn't what they say and how smart they are, the points they make. It's longevity, and obviously he's got that longevity, and he he had so many tips. And the one tip that he always that he mentioned that he always, that always stuck out to me was when he was doing the Olympics, how he would always check his watch. Just a simple, small thing to keep, you know, pass some time when he needed to. It's 6 p.m. here in Tokyo and it's 5 in the morning or whatever, you know, and uh, just a little detail like that, that a veteran broadcaster like that could pass on to uh, to, to learners like us. And, and again, it just... Very, very generous with his time. Very, very generous with his uh, with his sharing as well. It was it was great to listen to him. I was frankly just stunned that he ever he yeah. always remembered me. I was stunned. He's got that kind of memory, man. Yeah. He because there's a lot of those national guys that I've met. I've met them 14 times. You know what I'm saying? Brian Williams one time and it clicked. He's just <laughs> he's just very charismatic. Um, yeah. 
I'm just going to some of the YouTube viewers here. Uh, by the way, we're into Taco Time viewer takeover. Mm. Uh, burrito Thursday at Taco Time. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But from Chris Bird. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Nelson Hakowicz says, without Brian Williams, who will tell us what time it is across the country? Good morning. It's 11 a.m. here in Toronto, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. We used to see Brian before I was in broadcasting. Just as a fan, we'd be yelling, hey, Brian, what time is it in Newfoundland? <laughs> yeah. uh, love that. See, no, always, nobody checked his watch the, more entertainingly in the history of broadcasting than Brian Williams. It's, it's 7 a.m. here 7 in London. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Uh, from Crate Cration guy watching on YouTube uh, says Brian Williams attacked the CFL every Grey Cup broadcast. Attacked the CFL? Hmm. I don't really remember that. No. I don't really remember that. We have different memories of that. I don't remember Brian ever attacking the CFL. Hmm. John in Edmonton says, speak of the NLL rod. TSN doesn't. But we just had Mark Matthews on yesterday of the Saskatchewan Rush. We're big backers of the National Lacrosse League. Mm. I really hope, <laughs> I really hope they get an NLL team in South Florida. I would be all over it. Mm. Um, from Randolph Charles watching in Ontario, the Argos have more tradition than any pro team in North America. Weren't they about 35 years old when the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were born? Like the Packers, they should have been. They should have waiting lists for their tickets. Nugsy, you would be a great guy to ask this as a Toronto guy, but you lived in mm -hmm. Saskatchewan for now what, going on four years, and both your kids born in the rectangle. Yep. And you are a Canadian football fan. Mm -hmm. How did the Argos get lapped? How did the CFL get left behind in this sports landscape across Canada? As a guy that's from there, and you've worked at mm -hmm. Sportsnet. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, in the in the John Candy, Wayne Gretzky, you know, years in the 90s, it was rocking. All my friends, we'd come over and, and we'd watch, you know, Doug Flutie and, um, you know, pinball. And it, it, it was awesome. It was it was rocking. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I think it might, you know, there's always that problem in Toronto where there's just so much competition for, uh, for eyeballs, and I think the the ownership there and the marketing that they did then, um, you know, brought a sexiness to it. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I remember living not like ten, fifteen minutes walk from BMO Field, uh, the last place I lived in Toronto before I moved to Saskatchewan. And uh, you know, honestly, I think I saw more Rough Riders jerseys walking by my uh, apartment. Than, uh, than the Argos, and I went to one of the one of the last games at Skydome, and there was about seven thousand people there in a fifty five thousand seat stadium. Um, it's just competition for eyeballs, and um, you know, obviously, I come on here. I love Toronto, and I, and I miss it, and I, you know, I would love to live there again one day. But people in Toronto are big time sports snobs, and there is a, certainly a perception in Toronto along a lot of people that the CFL is minor league. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that. I love the CFL, and I definitely love Canadian University football. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people in Toronto that consider it minor league compared to the NFL, and the way it's marketed. You know, compared to the way the NFL is, maybe it needs. You know, there, there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. So, uh, you know, I think it has more to do with the success of the NFL than than anything.
Yeah, well, they need some help from the broadcast partner, but yeah. I saw it front row seat where they got lapped yeah. in terms of the fantasy co component, the uh, just the digital age yeah. in social media. They, they got left behind, and now it's very hard to catch up. Nugsy, mm -hmm. in the time we have left, and to our viewers, Michael Dick coming up, the head coach of the Vancouver Giants of the Western Hockey League and Lethbridge Hurricanes. Give me a little bit of a junior hockey perspective here. Now, you are an Ontario guy, Toronto guy. You work for three junior A teams in Toronto, mm -hmm. but... You're traveling the province with the SJ. You're covering the Warriors in the dub. What's the uh, what's the junior hockey scene? And let's start it with this. Connor mm -hmm. Bedard named to the 35-man world junior roster, tryout camp roster. What, what, how's that gone over there? Yeah, you know what? I'm really excited for Connor. You know, I think back to when Nathan McKinnon was a 16-year-old in Halifax, and I was actually there to watch him play a couple games in Halifax because a good friend of mine was doing his master's at the University of Acadia, and there was so much pressure, and he's got to be Crosby, he's got to be this, got to be that. You know, the, the moose heads weren't great, and he had to do too much. He had to play too many minutes. He had to play too many heavy defensive minutes down low, and he was just a kid. He was, you know, skinny. He probably needed a couple of ham sandwiches, and, uh, and, and eventually, obviously, Nathan McKinnon figured out that he just needed to be Nathan McKinnon, just be himself. Now, we fast forward to the present, and I think Hockey Canada knows that Connor Bedard will be on this World Junior team. He will have a role that is much simpler and you know, f suits him a lot better on Team Canada than it does maybe on the Pats as a 16-year-old kid with all this pressure in the world uh, and all this ice time where you just say, go out, go out and score goals. And you know what, Rod? Like, he's going to be on this team. They wouldn't bring him up. To the, uh, to the camp if they weren't going to put him on the team and he's going to just play with some great players, Cole Perfetti or McTavish or, you know, Nate or uh, Wright, one of those guys. And, you know, they're going to do a lot of heavy work, heavy lifting for him, going to give him the puck and he's going to absolutely light it up. And I'm just so excited for Connor that he can actually just actually take a deep breath and just play hockey and not worry about being the, the you know, care, trying to save, save the world here in Regina. Um, so I'm really excited about that. He did it at the World Under-18s yep. as an underage yep. last year, the player of the tournament leading Canada to gold. Now, give me a junior A landscape. Mm. What, what, what are you seeing out there in the SJ? People are saying um, yeah. there's a financial concern, obviously, through COVID. What's any talk there? And Estevan, of course, hosting the Centennial Cup. So um, mm -hmm. tracking towards a great tournament. Yeah. James Zilstra on YouTube. Uh, Carson Lambos is, uh, is on that team. and I think he'll make it first round pick. Uh, as well, great defenseman. Uh, to answer your question, Rod, yeah, I mean, the attendance has been pretty bad, especially in certain areas of Saskatchewan where the vaccine is not the most popular thing in the world. Um, but I think the league is doing great. I mean, I think uh, the Humboldt Broncos have done a really nice job reloading really fast. I think Jason Tatarnik and Estevan is, you know, doing his best to, you know, to make sure that the Estevan Bruins acquit themselves well at the Centennial Cup. Of course, they're going to host it. Um, so they've been red hot and Braden, Braden Clamosco, your buddy and mine in Battlefords, they've really loaded up and they've been red hot lately. Uh, and then in Flin Flon, Mike Reagan, again, always such a good deep team. So, uh, you know, those are sort of the, the four, the four teams that are at the very top that are kind of going to distance themselves, I think, as we go along here, Rod, but it's been great hockey. It's been a lot of fun. The, the quality from guys, some guys coming back down from the Western Hockey League and the major junior ranks has actually added to the league a lot. 
it's been a lot of fun uh, to be around and and obviously you came out and did color a bunch uh, a couple times already for me with the the Notre Dame Hounds Junior A really appreciate it all the boys and all the families and all the fans really appreciate you having you on and I know you you enjoyed watching them too because they play a fun brand so the parody in the league is absolutely suffocating Rod yeah it's like well, I see it the standings are whoop, yep like this and they're changing a lot and uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's something that I learned from my dad that mm-hmm. at all levels of hockey, to enjoy it. And yep. so whether it's the Notre Dame Hounds or the AAA Pat C's or tonight the Florida Panthers and Buffalo Sabres that I'll be going to at FLA Live Arena and thoroughly enjoying that. You can tell, like, <laughs> yep. I'm down videoing the Notre Dame Hounds coming out of their locker room, going onto the ice, and then doing the exact same thing with the Florida Panthers. Yep. I can't believe how great the Panthers are treating me down here. It's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's just been amazing. Newsy, yeah. as always, loving the visit, my man. Uh, go let you get back to your ever-growing family, and uh, go Hounds. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Rod. Really appreciate it. Jamie Nugabar, voice of the Notre Dame Hounds, and from dubnetwork.ca joining us. When we come back, Michael Dick, the head coach of the Western Hockey League's Vancouver Giants, and from the coaching staff of Hockey Canada's World Junior Program, coming up next from Vancouver. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. That is beautiful Langley, British Columbia, and we will be heading back out there with the moose in a moment. He is at Trinity Western Campus in lovely Langley. It's a big uh, Vancouver area show today, although I continue to broadcast from South Florida. Panthers and Sabres coming up tonight from FLA Live Arena. Always excited to chat with this guy, Michael Dick. Been following him since he played with God's team, the Regina Pats, way back in the 80s. And he joins us now, the head coach of the Vancouver Giants, who are on a roll, winners of four in a row. One last night in Kelowna, and Mike is with uh, the Hockey Canada uh, World Junior Club as well. Hey, Mike, good morning. Appreciate the time today. How are things? Things are well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you guys are on a roll, obviously. I'm going to talk about the Giants in a second, 11 seven and one in that BC division, but Hey, little furor coming out after the hockey Canada roster was unveiled. The 35 kids coming to the camp in Calgary. I guess that's always to be expected. Have you heard any of it or are you too busy with your own team? I think I was too, probably too busy uh, with my own team. I mean, you, you hear certain things, uh, you know, as, as, as the roster gets named, or we, we certainly anticipated that there might be, there might be some, <laughs> uh, you know, you know cer- certainly some noise about that, but uh, but I would I, uh, I I think that uh, the thirty five guys that we have coming to camp are are, are certainly going to give us the best opportunity to win a gold medal. Well, you know, you've been around this hockey Canada thing for a long <clears throat> time, so just give me an idea from the inside what it's like when you're picking from literally the best kids in the world. This can't be an easy thing every year. Do you have any input in it, or uh, like Alan Miller and that? the scouting staff handle all of that and you just coach whoever's on the ice no i you know they 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 certainly made uh you know everybody as far as the coaching staff goes in, involved in the process and 
it is a tough it is a tough uh certainly a tough thing i mean when you're when you're dealing with with that many good players from you know around north america it uh you know it certainly requires a lot of a lot of communication and uh you know i know myself dave cameron um louis robitaille obviously knows the quebec league very well and dennis williams has a very good uh you know very good idea of what's going on in the western hockey league as well um we, we spent a lot of time watching players on instat and, and and providing a lot of feedback so um you know it was a group effort exceptional players shane wright and connor bedard invited to the camp and listen mike i thought bedard should have been on the team last year at 15 and i'm standing by that and i still think alan miller doesn't agree but uh, i think connor We'll have a great chance at 16. I know he's a mythical figure out there in the lower mainland. When did Connor Bedard first come on your radar as a hockey coach? And have you been around him a ton over the years? It, you know, the, the only time I met Connor was, uh, was last summer when we, uh, we, we had a mixed camp between our, our World Junior group and the under-18s. But, but obviously, I've, I've known about Connor for a long, long time. Uh, you know, for him being a, a, a young player from West Van, um, you know, obviously, we, we knew he was, he was one of the best players uh, for his age group, uh, not only in Western Canada, but in Canada. So, you know, obviously, uh, we, you know, with, with what's happened the last couple of years, we haven't had the, the luxury of playing the Regina Pats, uh, and, and, and we miss that. I'd, I'd certainly like to go back there or have, have those teams uh, come out here, but uh, you know our, our schedule hasn't allowed it. But uh, but watched them a lot, uh, whether it be on on Instat or or again at the the summer camp. He's a real exciting player, and and really looking forward to him at uh, you know seeing him next week at the camp. Yeah, for sure. Well, I say it again. Canada could have used his offense in that gold medal game last year, and I'm a big fan of just throwing people into the deep end and seeing how they sink or swim. He's always swam, Mike. But anyways. I'm excited to see how he and your team performs in uh, Red Deer and Edmonton. Um, by the way, you talk about the lack of interlocking play. Shoot, lack of interdivisional play until this year. What's the challenge been like the last couple of years coaching the Giants in the COVID environment? And then, of course, the mudslides and the rain and everything this year. I mean, we, we've been thinking about you guys a lot. Has it been trying or just something you just had to deal with and keep soldiering on? Well, it, it's been trying, but you know, obviously, we got the opportunity to play in a in a bubble last year, which um, the first three weeks, Rod, were were exciting. Um, you know, the fact that we got to play again when you when you when you don't have that that opportunity, you miss it, and and you cherish it when you get it back. Um, you know, six weeks in a bubble was a was a grind, but uh, but nonetheless, we we had the opportunity to play. And I think this year, just just having the opportunity to play in front of fans has been has been a real treat. And uh, we, as much as we'd love to see the Central Division and the Eastern Division, um, it's just great to even go. You know, we had our first road trip in the U.S. last last week, which was which was something we we certainly missed. It was nice to be back in Portland and Spokane and Tri Cities. As far as the you know what's happened here in BC, it's it's obviously tragic, and you know for us, you know we're we're affected, but not like like the people who are directly affected, uh, whether it be in Abbotsford or Merritt, who you know have lost homes and, and livelihoods, and, and in some cases lives. But uh, yeah, we had a we had a road trip to 
to Kelowna, which would spend about 17 hours on a bus, uh, 10 hours one way and, and seven back. So, um, you know, it's just uh, something I guess we had to do and, and uh, you just make it work. Mike, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, and uh, I might. We got a few minutes left here. Because um, John Paddock, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He said the dub last year in the bubble was different than the dub now. Like in the East, everybody had a 15-year-old, maybe two. There weren't as many 20-year-olds. There was no Europeans. There weren't, there weren't playoffs to strive for. <laughs> like he just said, it was night and day, the competition from last year to this year. And by the way, Dave Strush not with the Pats anymore, so I think I can say it now. He said with the bubble, he goes, never doing that again when it was over, <laughs> walking out of there. So you get it. But have you seen a huge shift in the com- com- level of competition in the dub this year because you're back to normal, basically, from I, what it was in the bubble last year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's, there's far more to play for. It. It, it seems like it anyways. I mean, everybody's competitive and wants to win. but. You know, last year, <clears throat> as much as, you know, we saw a lot of young players, I, I think for us, what was really important is is that our older players had some closure to their careers. I mean, it was really difficult for the, the 2000 age players uh, not being able to have a, a playoff the year before. Um, so so I, I think for us, it was more important for our older guys to get that opportunity. And, you know, a guy like Alex Canick Leeper gets gets rewarded for that and gets a contract with, uh, with with Vancouver's farm team in Abbotsford as well as Tristan Nielsen. So, so that that for us was, I think, the most important thing. I mean, we we got an opportunity to see some of our younger players, but but it was really about the older guys getting some closure to their career. But I mean, I think now um, you know there's lots of good young players, but but obviously uh, you know it's this is a 19 year old league and. And I think you know you're seeing a lot. You're seeing a lot more, um, you know, more competitive play now. Uh, you know, teams teams are, are definitely uh, striving more towards winning as opposed to. I mean, everybody you know stresses development, but uh, you know, everybody wants to. Everybody wants to win, and and uh, and everybody wants to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well. Good luck with it. Um, I. Like I say, as always, under your guidance, the Giants are in contention. We're following it closely, and the hockey's been great. Always good seeing you, Mike. I appreciate the time. Uh, Happy holidays and all the best in the new year. Thanks very much. Great seeing you too, Rod. Head coach of the Vancouver Giants, Mike Dick, joining us from uh, the beautiful province of British Columbia. We'll be coming right back with the overtime segment, and uh, we will get into Taco Time viewer takeover. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching on Telus Optic TV, Game Plus Television all across BC, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, here we go. We are back for overtime. Lovingly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the National Hockey League, the UFC, and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. And I'm just checking my uh, sponsor mentions here because Georgie texts me. This is what he does. 
from the Greek Freak at the Four Seasons. Dare to Dream Super Sunday at the Sports Palace. The Riders upset the Bombers in the West Final at 3 p.m. Big screen, big sound. Then later, the Leafs whoop the Jets. You know where the CFL is on the big screen and all the NFL Sunday and NHL action is. It's up, we baby. That is from the Greek Freak at the Four Seasons as we welcome in the Moose. Thank you, Darren. And he is live at Applewood Motors, where I see the sun has come around the side of the building, Moose. What have you been doing for the last the hour come since up. I saw you there? Yeah, no, the sun's out. I mean, so I think Allison's going for a bike ride this afternoon because it's finally dry in uh, in the lower mainland. So, uh, no, we've just been visiting, having a good time. Oh, now they're all going to take care of the blinds. So, uh, see what they do? They're taking care of me really well. Perfect here. timing. Perfect timing. Yes. By the way, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat is watching, and she says, why did the taco and Mexi fries cross the road? Everybody's asking her why. She says, tune in tomorrow to find out. Come on, Christine. You got to lay it on us right now. We might have a winner. We might have a winner if it's my cousin Christine. Family members of mine are eligible to win the $50 gift card from Taco Time. Right? Good. Yes. I like this guy. This is your, on it's YouTube. your game show. Free. You can do whatever you want with it. Exactly. Free Oleg. That's the name of the account on YouTube watching. Says there's sexy Ted Lasso. The rumors are true. <laughs> I think the rumors are that Ted Lasso is on the Rod Peterson show daily. Making my tour across Canada. Yes. Uh, we were talking about John Paddock earlier and the Pats and free Oleg. That's the name of the account says for uh, John Paddock traded Timu, never forgiven, never forgotten. I think one day we should do a theme, probably not tomorrow, but maybe next week. What's the one sports transaction that you can never get over? How about that? That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good How one. How about that? I like or or that might might even be just a good meme for our guy Nelson to put up. What's the one transaction you can never get over? Has yeah. Christine written in yet with the answer to her joke? Christine, this a $50 gift card dangles on this. Stacy Champagne watching from Access Television World Headquarters says the Riders motto for the weekend, why not us? Cool. Uh, and one more, if you, did you see the news that Brian Williams announced his retirement today? Ryan on yeah. YouTube watching says, says first Rod Black, now Brian Williams, two legends, sad to see them go, but thankful for the memories. Yeah. Great show today, Rod. Um, do you have any Brian Williams stories as a viewer or as a fellow broadcaster? I told mine earlier, they involved underwear and ducks unlimited. <laughs> I first why well, brian williams as a kid i mean obviously watching but you know every day listening to him and don cherry with the radio syndicated program that aired in two three four minute blocks on the stations i was working at we had to put those in and you'd hear them three times a day he's one of the great storytellers of our generation ever in this business you know um allison's still here the olympian and brian williams is the olympics he's our he's the olympics you know scott russell's the olympics too but it's brian williams so just the soundtrack to all of these moments the stories that he told um what a wonderful career 
I'm Brian Williams right there, you know, announcing mm-hmm. his I retirement. <laughs> of course, such a great guy. He's a really nice guy, as is, by the way, Rod Black. I got to yeah. say, most of those guys on national television, they are as advertised, just really super guys. Uh, by the way, yeah. my cousin Christine, she is the clubhouse leader for the Taco Time gift card. Why did the Mexi fries and taco cross the road? To get to the hot sauce, right? Uh, I was thinking more of that. But um, um, nobody else has come up. With I don't know like that. I know how many taco I I was, times. I was, how many taco times? How many taco times are there in Medicine Hat? All we need is one. That's right. I was expecting a little more from the punchline too, though. I was. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, Christine. I'm sorry. It is. It is the it's clubhouse better. leader. It's better than what everybody else has come up with. That's right. Um, listen, we're not doing it today. This what's the one transaction you just can't get over, but people are writing in anyways, and it's fine. Uh, Randolph Charles in Ontario says the rusty Staub trade from the Expos to the Mets broke my heart. Chris Bird in King City, Ontario says Ricky Ray for a bag of footballs. Well, you're an Argo fan. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to get over that. You got him for a bag of footballs and won a Grey Cup with him. Uh, my cousin Christine says there are two taco times in Medicine Hat, by the way. The transaction that I could never get over was Wayne Gretzky being traded, August 9th, 1988. That's been well documented. I never cheered for the orders again after that. Do you have one? Um. There was two I didn't like, and they're they're random, no, pretty inconsequential. When Bud Adams chose Jeff Fisher over Vince Young, and Vince Young left the Titans, I didn't like that. And I also, um, Matt Sundin, when he played with the Vancouver Canucks, I couldn't get over that either, because he was my hero. I don't even remember that. Clark says he still likes uh, the flag or ship comment from... The other day on the Calgary Stampeders. So we got a contest tomorrow. We'll have to talk about it in the morning meeting. Moose, we'll see you tomorrow from Langley. Enjoy the West Coast. Awesome. Have a great one. Sabres and Panthers for me tonight. We'll see the rest of you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus TV. Who has more fun than us? (laughs) For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.